Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Lafayne Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On today's episode, I get to interview Peter Kossaboon, a.k.a. Blind Pete, and he's going to tell us all about how he crushes OCRs. Here it go. Hey, what's up, everybody? I got a really cool guest today. I would like to introduce Peter Kossaboon, a.k.a. Blind Pete. How's it going today, Pete? It's going it's going great. Uh, thank you, Scott. So, Pete, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a crazy blind guy who likes to be on or to show up at an obstacle course race and try my hand at it and, and or basically I somehow wind up finishing. <laughs> and just so everybody's clear, and I'm clear, because I, I've I've been to a bunch of races where you've been at, but I've never bumped into you. Um. So, and and you are you're 100 percent blind, correct? Yes. Man, that's that. Now that's unreal to think about. You know, when you're you're thinking about running a race, whether it could be just you know running a 5k and you're out here doing these obstacle courses where you know just the the trails i mean and these aren't even clean cut trails it's hard to imagine you know you're not being able to see your way and just the the differences that a little pothole can make in your running when you're running i mean how do you do it man how do you do it well the the first uh thing is you always want to have a guide if you can't see Right. Uh, it usually helps, or you've got a bunch of blind people wandering around in the woods. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the sense of humor, but, you know, that's just part of who I am. <laughs> no problem. So, but yeah, um, it comes down to having a guide, and, you know, repetition is always an important thing. So, every course is different, yes. even if it's the same race. Uh, every year at the same place, you know, they try to mix it up. So you just learn to adapt. Uh, you have to just go with it, do the best that you can. But, um, you know, the trail, I think, is actually, or the course itself is the biggest obstacle. And, right. you know, just adding in the uh, actual obstacles just makes it more fun. Yeah. So, I mean, so... It- explain to uh i guess i mean somebody like me i'm trying to think because when i'm running the races and i'll see just spots in the trail like it might be like a log or something that i'm about to jump over and i know you said you you need a guide and and it's your buddy your buddy joey i know i'll kill it how do you say his last name i don't want to butcher it oh Oh, no Uh, joey mclemory or i just call him joey the machine because the man just keeps going I don't know how he does it. Yeah. 
I mean, and every time I see pictures of you at a race, I always see him by your side. So he must be a pretty awesome friend. Oh, absolutely. But, um, you know, he's learning, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's a process. You know, he had no idea what to tell me when we first started, when he started uh, working as my uh, primary guide. But we've learned over the you know past couple of years what he needs to point out, uh, all the little um, details, whether it's something on the ground that I can just easily step over, or if it's a log that uh, one of the course designers has put up, like around yeah. you know shin high, knee high, or even waist high. We have to slow down, but you know he tells me where it is. I climb over it, and you know I have to touch it, and that's a, that's one of the big things. I actually do see with my hands and, you know, a certain respect. So he gives me the time, you know, it doesn't take long, you know, he lets me know where it is. I touch it, I get over it and we move on from there. Wow. Man, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's just amazing to me. I mean, because I think about some of these technical trails, uh, you know, you've run on and just, and you'll be flying, and all of a sudden, you just hit that one little tiny rock that's sticking up, and you just, and I mean, I've ate it, I don't know how many times. It's usually, I usually eat it at least once at a race, so it's just amazing to me what you do. So, it, it, explain to me, how, how did you decide to do your first OCR, or get into OCR? I was at a friend's barbecue, and I had no idea that OCRs existed, and he had invited somebody who had just come from a warrior dash and he starts telling everybody about it. And I said, that sounds like fun. I'll have to try it. And he says, no, I don't think you can make it through. Oh, that uh, just pissed you off, didn't it? No, it just made me kind of smile inwardly. And it's like, uh, no, I am not going to be denied my fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be running my uh, 100th OCR this month. Wow, that's awesome, because so, I noticed you just run uh, the Florida Savage and the Georgia Savage, too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <clears throat> How was the Georgia Savage? Georgia Savage, much, I, I'd say, more technical than Florida, but both were great races, believe me. And I still, my nemesis is still Sawtooth. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I can get across. It's the transition to the um, thicker run that is giving me a little trouble, but, you know, it takes time. But eventually, I'll get through it. One of these days, I'll get from <laughs> one side to the other without making a big splash. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I heard it. My buddy Michael ran it up there, and he said it was pretty cold in Georgia, too. Oh, yes. Hmm. Um, I had a wetsuit on. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yes. Dang. It was pretty cold then. Um, so I, I was looking uh, through your uh, Athlinks uh, profile on the computer, and I saw that uh, you've done some really uh, amazing races that most people wouldn't even think about doing. You did World's Toughest Mudder in 2016. You did the Dallas Ultra last year. You did Lake Tahoe at Spartan World Championships last year. Those were some big deal races, man. Uh, you know, Tahoe wasn't as difficult as uh, Killington, which I've done both the past two years. Oh, 
Yeah, so I, I, I saw that on, on your Killington time. It was like an 11-hour time, so you were out there all day. Yeah, I plan on it. It's, it's beating me. I plan on beating it this year. I'm going to be there this year, too, so hopefully I can beat awesome. it with you. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, just wave at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to what was the hardest part about Killington to you? The hardest part, once again, the course. Uh, you know, that is one killer course. The obstacles themselves, I'm slowly, you know, they're they're coming in uh, second place as far as difficulty, uh, just because they. Once I get used to something, I can eventually, I guess, master it. But the course itself, I have to give credit to all the course designers that they definitely put you through your trials. Um, but that's what they're there for. And Killington is definitely one of the most, if not the most difficult course I have ever run. And I, I definitely give it a great deal of respect. Is it because of all the steep inclines or is it just a super technical trail? Uh, both. Mm. When you're knee deep in mud, Ooh. going up a mountain. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds exciting. Oh yeah. <laughs> so and and tell us about uh world's toughest mudder. World's toughest mudder, believe it or not, that was my very first tough mudder. <laughs> and the only re- or the reason that I wanted to do it was the cliff jump. I love jumping off things. <laughs> I'm serious. Davy Jones Locker at Savage. That's an awesome, you know, that just, get me to the platform. Let me, yeah. or, you know, let me know that it's clear so I'm not jumping on top of somebody, and I'll just step off. Yeah, I bet that is a rush. A I bet that is a rush. It is, and I think I have the advantage over somebody who can see. I'm not <laughs> intimidated by heights. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, for me, I, I can't drive, but I can certainly jump off things. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's a pretty exciting when you when when you do jump off and everything and you can't see anything. I mean, yeah, so. it's just that sense of freedom that you get, you know, just feeling the wind, you know, hitting the water. It's just you. I mean, it, I always recommend, you know, somebody do or, you know, everyone should try it. You know, but at the same time, for safety reasons, you know, sometimes you just have to do it solo to get the full experience and to make sure everyone's safe. Right. Do people try to overly help you when you do these races? Uh, sometimes. Uh, at the same time, I'm kind of moving a little faster than I did in previous years. So, uh, you know, I always appreciate, you know, stopping talking to those people. But, uh, you know, at this point... I'm more trying to just get over it as much as possible unassisted, so I'm out of the way and I'm moving on. And you know, I'm a little, I'm becoming a little more competitive. So, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, some of your times on there were, you know, decent times for somebody that can see. <laughs> you know, uh, and didn't you just uh, place in your age group at a race? Was it Bone Frog? <laughs> Yeah, I placed uh, or second place in the overall endurance. Um, so I, I was really surprised. In fact, we, Joey and I were in the parking lot talking with a friend and just about to pack up and go when somebody, another friend of ours came out and said, they're looking for you. You placed. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was, I never anticipate, you know, 
I'm just there to, you know, do what I can, do my best, and, you know, have fun, you know, just be a part of the whole experience. Uh, the whole placing thing is a complete surprise. Now, what is the endurance part of a bone frog? I've yet to run one. So what, what part of the race is the endurance part? All right, basically you're running their challenge course and then as many of their sprint laps in a set time frame. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, basically it's a six-mile course, and then you run as many three-lap or three-mile laps as you can, but you have to always finish or start your last lap by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So, and what I think I'm a little more proud of, not just the second place, believe me, that was a complete surprise, but I actually got my gold uh, frog pin as well. Yeah, because don't you have to get like so many laps to get that pin? Yes, exactly, five. Wow. So that was, now I walked the last lap because I was exhausted, but I was setting PRs during that entire thing that I didn't even realize that I could do. So, wow, you ran almost about 23 miles that day then. Uh, just about that. Wow. How, it, it going back a step, how many miles did you end up getting at World's Toughest Mudder? Uh, in 2016, 35. Um, that, was a, that was more of an exploratory uh, experience. Um, I'm going to be running World's Toughest Mudder this year. And my minimum goal is 60 miles. Oh, wow. I'm going to, I want to go this year just because I live in South Georgia and I know you live in Georgia Mm -hmm. too. And Mm -hmm. it's the first year it's coming to Atlanta and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to do like you did. That's going to be my first work. My first tough mutter is going to be at worlds this year in Atlanta. Wow. If my body can still hold up to it at the end of the season, like it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, my goal is just to get 50. So, you, <laughs> so you're ahead of me. I don't, what excuses do I have, right? You know, it all comes down to, you know, when it comes to no excuses. The only, uh, for me, once you show up, and I've heard this from a lot of people, showing up is the hardest thing. Yep. And all you can do is your best. And especially your first time. Never try to push yourself to the point where you're killing yourself. Enjoy it. Learn from it. I mean, that's a good way to look at it, man. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I run almost every weekend now at some race, and but it's taken me so long to get to that point. Before this, um, I had run my first race OCR was in 2012. Before that, I'd run run one road race, the Peachtree Road Race, in 2007. And I wouldn't even consider it running. I caned, and it took me about two and a half hours to finish it. And for those of you that don't know, the Peachtree Road Race is like, isn't it the biggest 10K in the nation, I think? Uh, I have heard that it's, or the claim is that it's the biggest 10K in the world. Well, it could could be. Yeah, 60,000 people run it at this point every year. Yeah, that's a busy race, and I've yet to do it. (laughs) Uh, it's it's worth it. Just understand. Usually it's hot. <laughs> oh yeah. Anytime it's because they always do it on Fourth of July, correct? Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's always hot in Georgia in July. You can bet <laughs> on that. Oh yeah. The last few have been really hot. The first time I did it, or when I picked up with it in 2015, it actually rained 
and they had to call it for lightning for a little bit. So, I'm shocked they would call that race for lightning with that many people showing up to run. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, they they didn't call it completely off. They just postponed, postponed it, it till uh, the storm yeah, blew over. Certain ways, yeah. So, but no, I don't think they'd ever, unless an actual tornado was you know barreling down Peachtree. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason that they'd actually call it. Hmm. So, Pete, how do you, because I, I did notice that it does look like you run some sort of race every week, whether if it's a road race or a, um, an OCR, how do, you, how do you train for your races? Well, uh, I worked with Joey quite a bit. Um, some, or the running right now uh, is based uh, basically on the uh, treadmill. And we're working on some hills um, or hill simulations with the treadmill. Uh, when the weather warms up and, you know, we're able to get out a little bit more. Right now, the weather is very, very sporadic. So Yeah, it is. But, you know, I, we get out to, you know, run hills. We'll run a couple of miles. I do my own personal training, you know, little exercises just to uh, work on the uh, core and the upper body. Right. So, but Joey, uh, definitely, uh, with the running, because I'd cause too much property damage on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm notorious for knocking over mailboxes. Uh, but yeah, um, and we work on different techniques. You know, sometimes we'll have a tether with us, um, and, you know, that helps more so with the uh, road races and the future trail races that we uh, run. Uh, OCRs, uh, not so much, but at the same time, I'm having to be in physical contact with either, you know, holding onto him or, you know, just navigating through the course and the obstacles. But there's a lot of training go that goes on, especially with the running, which is, you know, really important. Yeah. And when you say a tether, you mean like just like a rope or something that they are connected by so you can... Actually, uh... What we've done is he went to a pet smart and found a dog toy and we wrapped some duct tape around it and put handles or loops on each end. And it's about two and a half feet long, maybe three feet, which gives me some space. He's a little shorter than I am. So my, uh, my stride is a little bit longer, but it gives us enough space and enough time. So when he moves the tether, back and forth or he pulls it up closer to him i'm able to send or you know feel what he's doing with it so i can you know adjust to what he's trying to say or what he's trying to tell me through the tether right so you can feel him like take a turn or something with that tether and everything huh yeah huh but you know it's only an extended version of uh a technique that's usually used for just guiding a uh, person who's visually impaired or blind it's called sighted guide right if you've seen or anyone who's seen me in like a festival area at a race usually holding on to joey's elbow right and the reason i prefer the elbow is because i can tell how he's moving whether he's turning or if he's uh, going slow fast even when he's going up and down uh for instance stairs huh. uh you know the elbow is close enough to the body where i'm able to you know I'm able to figure out that he's moving in a different way, so I need to adjust. I have, it's, I have enough time. It only takes like a second, half a second. But, you know, it's a technique that you're taught when you go through mobility training right. as a blind or visually impaired person. 
You know, and I, and I didn't think about that, but it makes total sense because if you're holding somebody's hand, you probably wouldn't be able to tell when they're turning or when they're going up or exactly. down. That makes sense. Because I, I noticed that in, in some of the pictures y'all took, you were always holding his elbow, and I would think, you know what? I would think, why wouldn't he be holding his hand? That way they'd be farther away from each other and not run into each other. So that makes sense, though. That makes good sense, really. Yeah, sometimes it works for people. Uh, you know, some people prefer the shoulder. Uh, the elbow for me, just because I'm so tall, uh, the shoulder doesn't give me as much information as the elbow. Huh. But, you know, for that, it's just a matter of preference. It's the same thing with a cane and a dog. Yeah. Um, whatever the person prefers, whatever works for them best. Hmm. hmm. That's pretty interesting. So... When you go when you go to these races, is there like certain obstacles that are like harder than others for you? <laughs> um, the obstacles with moving parts, um, rigs are notorious for just. Oh, I can imagine. When it's, I'm learning it's not my grip strength as much as trying to find the next thing, especially if I accidentally touch it and smack it away from me. <laughs> It takes me forever to find it. <laughs> I bet that's frustrating a little bit. It can be frustrating. And sometimes this is why, you know, sometimes when I'm at a, you know, at a rig, I'm tall enough to reach up and just to move a little bit faster, I will, at times I'm on my tippy toes. But the challenge for me is to find it on my own. This way, you know, I'm able to do the rig or, you know, complete it. I may be still touching the ground, but, you know, the challenge for me is finding that next thing. And, you know, Joey and I have worked on this. It may not be the, you know, uh, correct way of doing it, but when you're trying to find something... You yeah, can't see it, yeah. Yeah, so I do my best to do as many of the, as many of the obstacles unassisted as I can. And sometimes I have to do them a little differently, but believe me, I'm still putting the effort in. Oh, yeah, shoot. I mean, you've done some major races, and a lot of them, too. I mean, I'm hitting 50 this weekend at Charlotte, so and you're already 50 ahead of me, so you're killing it. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so uh, this com this weekend coming up is uh, a little trail, local trail race. Um, my base mileage, because it's uh, based on hours rather than mileage, uh, 24 hours, I'm confident that I can get 78 miles. Oh, wow. What race is this? It's uh, a friend of mine who runs his own race series. Um, it's called Miles for Maria. Uh, the very first trail race I ever ran in 2013. That's when it started. It's a, uh, just a 0.65 mile loop around this large pond. And you run for a certain amount of hours rather than distance. And you try to com complete as many loops as you can in that time. And he's extended it up to 24 hours. Wow. So it's a mildly technical course. There are a few routes and a couple of little wooden bridges. But it's a lot of fun. Keeps me out of trouble. And, uh, you know, I enjoy it. And plus it supports uh, childhood epilepsy research. Um, his daughter was diagnosed. Uh, my friend's name is uh, Mark Vessio. Sutter was diagnosed when she was three with epilepsy, mm. and my father and one of my sisters was also diagnosed, so it, it means something to me. 
Yeah, that's cool. Always good to have a good cause behind a race. Oh, definitely. And besides, Maria is so, so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to drag Joey through 78 miles too? Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. He's going to be dragging me at, uh, towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> so does, does Joey ever say, no, man, I don't feel like running this 24-hour race or this 12-mile race or whatever? Does he ever... Do you ever have to tell him to suck it up? No, what I have to do is tell him, Joey, you got to slow down. Take a week off. I can find another guide for this 5K road race. <laughs> <laughs> the man is just, he's, he's on a mission. He, he's a great guy. He's got a huge heart. Um, you know, I can't even begin to tell his story. That's something I, you know, out of respect, I'd like him to do. But, you know, he's been there for a lot of things. And, you know, sometimes... You know, I feel like I'm taking up too much of his time, but you know, at the same time, you know, this is what he enjoys doing. Well, hey, I'm sure he enjoys it. I mean, it sounds like y'all oh, are pretty yeah. good friends. Oh, absolutely. We have our moments, and I'm going to take the tether and smack him upside the head. Today, <laughs> but. <laughs> but you know, um, that's how friends are at times. Well, he's always smiling in all the pictures y'all have. Oh, so. yeah. Okay, please do not play Justin Timberlake's um, uh, the one about uh, sunshine in your pocket. Or in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling him every time I hear that song, keep it in your pocket, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, you have to have fun with what you're doing. And this is why I've, you know, remain consistent i enjoy being at the events you know sometimes they wear me out sometimes i'm ready to go for you know another one that day or you know the next day but mm. you know it's it's the positive energy it's you know just the community yes you know the biggest thing for me is i'm not trying to be in the spotlight i'm trying to be a part of something much bigger than me and you know contribute oh yeah so yeah those the, the OCR community is just awesome it's, oh, absolutely. It, it's like no other. Yeah. Um, I Last year at uh, the Florida Savage, my first OCR for the year, um, was in the same wave with a woman who was sighted, but she decided she wanted to try it blindfolded and didn't even know who I was. Hmm. She was ahead of me up until Sawtooth. Then I passed her. But, I, you know, I have a great deal of respect for you know what she did and she she had no idea who i was so and we're great friends now another gentleman just last december spent the whole day at a spartan beast uh, the central florida uh, spartan beast he did the beast and then stayed around for the hurricane heat and he spent the whole day from the time he woke up until the very very end with the uh, blacked out goggles on oh my gosh so i mean i i really it's commendable. I, you know, I appreciate, you know, people taking the time, you know, putting the effort to, you know, at least try to understand in a small way. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, it's different. You know, I can't take the goggles off, but they're willing to, you know, have that experience. And to me, that's meaningful. Yeah, man. Shoot. I don't even like running when it's dark outside. <laughs> it's not too much different, mm. <laughs> but I can always speak from my own experience on that one. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just amazing to me man this is such a it's, a it's so awesome what you do and you're out there doing it every weekend and it's just 
you know, you would think some people would probably go out there and try it once and be like, wow, this is really too hard. And you, you're not that. It's like exactly what your, your headbands and your shirts say. You, you don't have any, I mean, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Nobody has any excuses because you're going out there and killing it every weekend. I know I didn't go to Savage, Georgia, because I was like, well, I'm going to run Charlotte and Fort Benning and then go to New Jersey at the end of the month. I don't want to overdo it, and you're probably doing way more than that this month. <laughs> well, uh, I've got the one, the 24-hour. I'll be at Fort Benning doing Warrior Dash. My friend Mark's uh, 5K later on that evening, you know, rugged, and then we're doing Jacksonville at the end of the month. So, uh, the only reason that we changed it, we were going to do Jersey, but, uh, I like to keep things in sets as far as trifectas. So, um, what occurred was, um, we're, as far as I understand it, we're one of those who was selected for the Spartan death race for this year. So, um, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know well, at this point. I have no idea whether or not I'll finish or if I'll DNF. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I've accepted the challenge. So that's all right. I can do is my best. Man, that's epic, dude. So, I don't want nothing to do with the death race. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's going to be a unique experience, and you know what? Uh, what means more to me is that I'm probably friends with nearly everyone there so oh well that'll be epic yeah i mean i know these people you know just from all the races that all of us have done so and and, everyone tells me about how fun the hurricane heats are and all that and i'm thinking why do i want to pay somebody to tell me what to do for four hours or six hours or 12 hours (laughs) (laughs) actually i can tell you that they can be hilarious they can be, they're hard. Uh, you're definitely going to put in the effort, but it's well worth it. Um, all I can tell you is Hurricane Heat, Class 123, um, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you a video later. I can send it to you. Uh, yeah, that in itself, that few minutes was well worth being there, <laughs> I can only imagine. Was everybody had to <laughs> sing the song or something? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little more to it than that, but it was well worth the experience. <laughs> so, and that was the first uh, first time I met Amanda Sullivan in person. And she's she's the adaptive athlete that has the crutches, correct? Yes, the one that was in the car wreck, I think. Or? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I remember seeing the the episode of on NBC with her. Yeah, she's she's really you know. Oh yeah. Doing things, some cool stuff too. Oh, definitely. So, Pete, have you ever been at one of these races and you know had a bad spill and gotten hurt bad? Uh, outside of a few, I think the worst that's ever happened is aches and pains or cramps um no long-term injuries which i'm thankful that that's not happened yet uh it's something that i always keep in mind that could happen 
And I think that's why I'm a little more cautious. You know, uh, I'm definitely trying to improve my times, but there are so many factors to consider when you can't see. So you have to be a little extra cautious. Oh, yeah. And I try my best not to overextend or do something that's going to cause a permanent uh, injury or even, you know, a temporary injury, you know, a broken bone or something like that. Uh, but that's a, the way I've been for, you know, most of my life, you know, just thinking ahead. Right. So even falling, I've learned how to fall where, you know, it's not, you know, even if I, you know, no matter how I land, I'm always going to be able to stand back up. And, you know, you would think that may be difficult not being able to see. It's just more understanding your body and understanding what to do once you make contact with the ground. Huh. So how are you, how did you learn how to fall? Are you rolling out of it like a ninja or something? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, just tripping, you know, I, I've always, uh, as an adult, I made it a point just to get out and experience life. So I've tripped, fallen, rolled. I've rolled into a, um, a, a drainage ditch. Oh, man. Uh, you know, uh, literally a somersault. And uh, I'd broken my cane. Or no, I'm sorry. I'd lost my cane at Savage, my very first Savage here in Georgia. So I was borrowing a friend's um, uh, a much heavier cane. Right. And not used to the weight, so misstepped and found the drainage ditch. A little forward roll into it. Came up and said, found it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's taken a lot of practice. You know, once you do something so many times, you kind of, even if even if you hadn't planned on it, it becomes, you learn how to deal with it, especially the un- unexpected. Mm. So, but it, it years and years, and I, I've said this to a few people, I have no previous athletic background whatsoever. In fact, my freshman year of high school. The first uh, semester, I was pulled from taking, you know, PE or gym class because I ran into a, well, no, the flagpole attacked me. I didn't run into it. (laughs) So, you know, for basically the whole time I was in high school, uh, I wasn't allowed to do much as far as uh, gym class. Man, I bet that was a bummer. It could be. But, you know, when you get hit in the head with basketballs and other balls, you know, uh, while you're trying to play, you know, try to be a part of it, you kind of get tired of it and don't mind sitting on the bench. So you weren't the best player at dodgeball is what you're saying? Uh, no, the, the ball usually won. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, it wasn't until my 40s, you know, it was literally six days after my 40th birthday uh, that I ran the first um, Warrior Dash. Hmm. Just because. Somebody said, no, I don't think you can do it. So, so up until that point, what was there before, you know, running and OCR? Oh, not too much. Um, I had worked at an exhibition where I was giving walking guided tours in the dark to sighted people. Did that for about a year. Um, I was working even before that. Uh, I had been going to school for a teaching degree at Georgia State University and even volunteered at their disability services office. But I really didn't have much of a direction at that point. 
Right. So, and uh, between a really bad relationship and deciding I just needed to get out of Atlanta and move in with a really good friend of mine who I started all of this with. Uh, his name, his nickname is Uncle Grumpy. Uh, Uncle some Grumpy. people will probably, uh, you know, know who I'm talking about. You know, he was just one of. He was my first supporter. Uh, he drove me there to the first race, and that's where everything took off. So I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, I, or I had an idea, but I wasn't really committed to anything up until then. But, you know, I, I wasn't sure what was available to me either. Uh, just listening to people telling me, well, you've got this, this, and that, and it seemed like those were the, those were the only options, and decided... Uh, I, I want to know what what else is out there. Hmm. That's pretty cool, so, man. Believe me, I did not anticipate in any way <laughs> being at this point, you know, almost six years, you know, it's almost six years now. I had no idea I'd be doing, you know, or would have done what I've already done. Man, you've got some awesome accomplishments there. Because you got quite a few trifectas last year, didn't you? Uh, six. Six? That was exactly, that's how many I got. And I didn't do all the wow. extra savage races and other stuff you did. That was all I did last year was those Spartan races to get that, and that was it. Uh, and, you know, I tell people I don't have much, don't have much of a life outside of uh, racing. So, but, you know, I'm working on that. Hmm? So, one day, hopefully, I'll be able to, you know, maybe book or, you know, some other format, you know, be able to tell about or talk about all of my experiences. And believe me, it's going to be far more than just about me because so many other people have been a part of this journey that I'm on. Shoot, yeah, man. You'd be an awesome motivational speaker, dude. <laughs> I have to work on the voice. I'm really <laughs> happy with that. Although I can do a really, really good Darth Vader. Uh, it doesn't sound so great over the phone, but uh, there might be a point in the near future where people will hear that. Oh, cool. Hey, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm always up for oh, cool. Awesome. That's so That's pretty cool to me. Oh, yeah. I've listened to about 80 of the books that have come out, plus all of the movies, except for the two most recent. Yeah, the last, I, I haven't seen the last one, but the Rogue One was really, mm-hmm. it was really good. Okay. Really good. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten past uh, Revenge of the Sith, so. Yeah. And that one I saw three times. <laughs> so yeah, that one was kind. Of, that one it was good, but it was kind of slow. Yeah, I saw okay. a post on your on your Facebook page where uh, you and Joey were listening to a uh, Game of Thrones or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we've finally gotten through the very first book, and I am a fanatic when it comes to audiobooks. Uh, a good book needs to be read or listened to more than once. So, oh yeah, I've, already, I've listened to the Dark Tower series more than three dozen times. I can fall asleep to Stephen King's It, <laughs> uh, and I have listened to probably a couple other thousand books. Wow, um, even um, Niccolo Machiavelli's The Prince, and I'm working on uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War as well. So it's not just fiction. Oh wow, those will probably help you sleep too. Oh, yeah, but, uh, not so much uh, uh, the prince, but uh, the, Sun Tzu the, it takes a little bit. Yeah. You got to put a little effort into listening to it. 
I imagine so. So, okay, Pete, man, I got a bunch of questions that I usually always ask everybody. All right. So, uh, uh, you've, you've probably kind of already answered some of these, but we'll go over them again. So, out of all the races that you've done, what would you say is your favorite obstacle to do? My favorite obstacle? <laughs> all right, it's a two-part answer. Okay. Overall, cargo nets, but my ultimate favorite is the A-frame cargo net. Oh, so like the A-frame at Spartan? Yeah. Um, multiple, well, uh, Bone Frog, I was able to do four flips down it, but usually I can get three. Right. Now, didn't at Tahoe, they made that one taller at, at Tahoe, didn't they? Yeah, they did make it taller. It was a little, a little shaky, so just, you know, to be on, or, uh, to be on the side of caution, only did, uh, I think, three flips. <laughs> well, that's cool. So... You may have already said this. So, what is the the obstacle you dread the most, or is the worst obstacle? Oh, the worst obstacle. Well, electrified, Ooh. completely out. I got shocked <laughs> at a race, and it wasn't even part of the course. Um, what? I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I accidentally brushed up against an electric fence and knocked me over a few feet. That wasn't in Charlotte a couple of years ago, was it? Uh, no, it was actually Charlotte um, last year. <laughs> uh, so, but, uh, you know, it just basically was an accident. Uh, the venue hadn't turned off all the, uh, all the fences. So. Yeah, those of you that don't know, it, Charlotte is a horse, I'm not a horse farm, a cow farm, and there's electric fences everywhere. And there was, uh, I, I forget which year it was, but there was a couple of years where you just run probably a quarter of a mile down beside an electric fence. And you, and sometimes I, I didn't even touch it to see. <laughs> I didn't trust it, whether it was turned off or not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've had my experience with that. But, um, oh, my worst, uh, the worst obstacle, uh, anything that involves burpees. Oh, <laughs> five burpees and I'm dizzy beyond anything that you can do with a barbed wire crawl really yeah um, yeah five burpees will make me really dizzy 10 15 I'm not even moving for quite a while oh wow and, yeah it has to do with uh, the pressure with my eyes and you know just that sudden movement up and down yeah yeah so I would have never thought that yeah, it, believe me, I still get dizzy with other obstacles, but not to the extreme that I do with that exercise. And even with the uh, barbed wire crawl, which I've just started rolling under it, which is a lot of fun, but I, I've been, uh, it's been recommended to try to find a focus point to look at. Yeah, I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> You're at a disadvantage there, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. So, well, you know, uh, move slow after you get done and pick up the pace, you know, about a minute or so after. Mm-hmm. So it's all about adapting. That's right. So, like, what would you say is your race ritual, if you have one, that you might do, like, the day before, the morning of, like, post-race, if you're going to run on the Sunday after? Okay. Tell us how you're killing it. Okay. Uh, the day before, don't think about the race. <laughs> Next day... 
wake up and get ready. Um, try to get something down for energy. Uh, climb over the, if you're at a Spartan, climb into the corral. Be nervous all you want, but uh, let the jitters settle about five minutes after you start running. Right. Therefore, enjoy the rest of the race when you're done. If there's beer, uh, please partake. If if that's what you do. Right. You can <laughs> have all my free beer tickets because I never <laughs> drink them. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate that. I've got so many saved up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, overall, uh, just uh, the biggest ritual is enjoy the experience. Just take it all in the best you can, you know, and, you know, accept what you can and you can't do. Learn from what you're doing. I mean, this is it may not seem like a ritual, but, you know, for somebody who has to literally, you know, examine and think about what they're doing. You know, I'm taking in more than what most people would think. And, you know, I've just made that part of my ritual just to, you know, absorb the experience as much of the experience as I can. I can only imagine that when you're running these races, your focus is at like 100%. I mean, does that like after the race, are you just like, you know, okay, all right, I'm ready to go back to the hotel and just take a long nap? In some ways, yeah, I like to hang out. I like to, you know, uh, meet or, you know, be around friends, new people, you know, meet them. After a while, the noise and everything, you know, the adrenaline rush right. has worn off and, you know, it just, everything becomes overwhelming, especially sound. So I may have to take off a little later or, I mean, a little earlier than uh, what most people could or what most people would. But it's just to, you know, not to overwhelm every, you know, myself completely and, you know, be mush the next day. Right. And, you know, I always have at least one recovery day. If I've done a couple races, like we did Florida or the Savage Florida and then ran the, um, the Publix full marathon the next day, uh, I needed a couple of days to recover from that. But, you know. I can only imagine running Savage and then running a full marathon the next day. I've never run a full marathon on the pavement. So. Uh, actually, that was my very first one. Was you aching so, and sore after that? I was aching and sore for most of that week after. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, still got out and did Bonefrog the next weekend. Oh, wow. So it, it's you know a matter of conditioning as well. Yeah. After a while, the body gets used to it. Right. You know, just being active on that level, you know, weekend after weekend, and especially with training in between. Man, your your running mechanics must be just totally in tune to just putting in all this mileage like you do, and not having like a running injury or anything. Uh, you know, I've I think I've been fortunate so far. Um, I'm just going to keep going with the momentum, not change too many things. Uh, you go with what works. You don't change something. You, you don't fix something that's not broken. That's right. So, I'm sorry. I may have just uh, derailed you from your uh, questions. Oh no, that's that's what they're for, man. That's what oh, they're for. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, what uh, if you have any? Do you have like some certain products that you swear by for racing? It might be a supplement or some gear you wear. Ah, okay. Well, there are a few things. 
and I will not promote anything I don't believe in or that doesn't work for me. I just can't do it. Uh, I swear by the original Warrior Pack gloves. They have got a grip you would not believe. I've seen those, and I've th- and I and I'm one of those racers that I wear gloves on certain obstacles, and if if I'm not using them, I'll just stuff them in my compression pants. While, but I've seen those gloves, and I've seen where they boast about how good they grip. Yeah, Joe and I, I have to use gloves just to protect my hands. As I said earlier, I do see with my hands. Right. You know, in my own respect, and you know, just doing Chicago the toughest last year. You know, the grip, because Joey doesn't always do the obstacle with me. He's there to help me and support me. Not lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the grip on those gloves is phenomenal. And, you know, I, I definitely swear by them. Um, I'm also appreciative of their, you know, calf sleeves and knee pads. You wouldn't believe how much damage my shins take. Oh, I, I could only imagine. <laughs> so... Uh, there's this one, it's not a, as well-known, but it's a very good product. Um, it's, uh, the company is called ASEA. They have a saltwater solution called their Redux Supplement. I take it on a daily basis. It does a lot of things. Hmm. Um, it's just something like anything. You have to, you know, when you're taking it internally, it takes a while to take, uh, you know, to take effect. But I would say their gel it's phenomenal. I do not deal with any cramping in my legs every time I put it on, and I put it on every single race. Legs, the entire leg. Oh, so it's like a cream or a lotion that yes. you rub on? And, exactly. And, and I will not do a race without it. And it's anti-cramping, huh? For me, that's what I've experienced. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, um, And this is just a generic product. I swear by glucosamine. Right. Yes, um, and I have personal experience when I first started running in 2013. I had major, major uh, joint pain to the point where I could not walk regularly after running. Wow. Uh, my cat and dog's veterinarian recommended glucosamine. He's also uh, one of my first uh, training partners. Yeah. And glucosamine, I take it every single day. There's a lady in my town that runs, and she runs all the time, and she's getting close to her 60s, and she take, she swears by taking that every day, too. I tried to take it, but I have a little bit of a shellfish uh, allergy, so uh, if okay. I start taking it, I usually will start having problems with my asthma. So. Okay. I take, uh, what do I take? Because I, I take the other part that they sometimes mix with glucosamine, the MRM, yeah. I think is what it's called. MRM or chondroitin? Yes. I think, yes. Okay. So I've been taking that to see if it helps, because I, I usually, I'll start to have problems with my knees a little bit if mm-hmm. I start putting on too many miles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, even I feel it in my knees, um, especially after bone frog. Uh, one other thing I'd swear about, I mean, uh, look, this is something I did not even, I was skeptical about up until I took it, and it was at a local race called Run the ATL. Right. Mustard. Mustard will help you with cramps. Uh, I, I've heard different stories, but from my own personal experience, within 10 minutes of taking it, I had no cramps. With the salt in it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I have some, I usually stuck a couple of packs in my 
compression pants too, just in case. You never know. <laughs> oh, I'll take one before a race and still have two with me. Yeah. Plus, I like the taste of mustard. Me too. <laughs> I'll I'll be at work and see just an empty mustard. I'll just see a mustard pack laying around, and I'll just squirt it in my mouth. And I think that's from just hitting them at races every once in a while. <laughs> you just get used to eating them. That and just getting a shot of honey too. Yeah, not so big on the honey, but the mustard is great. Yeah. Not that grapey pond stuff. I can't eat that mess. No, 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 no. Uh, in fact, I've considered just taking a regular yellow mustard container, one of the tiny ones, yeah. sticking it in the water pack and just guzzling it down every few miles. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pete, to this point, what has been your favorite race? My favorite race. Okay, I will have to, as far as OCRs go, my favorite race has to be World's Toughest Mudder 2016, just because craziest race I had ever done. I mean, that was one of the big ones, had no experience, <laughs> did not know what to expect, and yet, uh, you know, people encouraged me. People, you know, celebrated the fact that, you know, a crazy blind guy was going to jump off that cliff and just run it for as long as they could. As long as they could. Hmm. And you, That's for and, as, I'm sorry. And, and you said that was your first Tough mutter ever, so yes, you had to learn time. all those obstacles. It was stuff you'd never seen before or never felt yeah. before. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, the word seen, I, it doesn't bother me. It's just part of the, you know, language. Right. But my all-time favorite race is the one that I'm doing um, this coming weekend, just because uh, the man who put it together, you know, put it together for his daughter, and he, he had helped me out. He had helped me find, you know, a guide to run a few other races. So I do this race at least once a year. He holds it uh, two or three times a year, and right. sometimes... The fall race falls on the same weekend as World's Toughest Mudder, but uh, I try to at least run it once a year, the miles for Maria, you know, just to, you know, just to say thank you and, you know, to show them that I appreciate all the effort and all the, you know, help he's offered. Hmm. That's and awesome, man. You know, it's a simple trail race, but, you know, it's one of my favorites because of the meaning and substance behind it. It's always good when a race has a good cause and it's just not a race where they're trying to just, you know, make some money or put some money back into yeah. something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so you you explained what your favorite race is. What was your worst race or the race you didn't like? <laughs> I think there's something about all the races that <laughs> I have enjoyed. Um I have to say, I have a love-hate relationship with Killington. Right. I am not, um, I've wanted to finish that race, just the regular beast, in under nine hours. Right. Two times I've run it, it's been closer to 11. So, yes, I hate Killington, but (laughs) I still will do it until I've beaten Killington. So, can't say that I hate it, but I can't say that I loved it uh, either. So, so your goal is to do it in under nine hours this year? Yes, that is my goal. All right, all right. So, me and me and my buddies, we were uh, 
we kind of decided to just dive in head first. We're going to run the ultra there this year. I commend you, sir. <laughs> Your buddies, I'm not even. I've run it twice, and believe me, there's just, I'm not not there yet. I commend you greatly <laughs> for taking on that challenge. Yeah, we, we ran the New Jersey Ultra in 2016, and we're going to run it at the end of this month, too, so hopefully. Hopefully by the end of the season, we'll still be able to run at Killington. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. I've lived in New Jersey, so I've, I, I have some idea of what you'll, you know, what you'll experience at the Jersey uh, Ultra. Not nearly as bad as Killington, I yeah, can assure you. That's what everybody I, says. I, you know, I haven't run it, but I know the general idea or, you know, I have general understanding of it. So nothing like Killington. Right. Okay, Pete, so what has been probably the craziest, wildest, or funniest thing that's ever happened at a race? <laughs> I imagine you probably got several good stories there. Okay, um, the one that stands out the most, it's uh, a flashback just from last weekend, but it was the year before. So a few of us had decided we were going to run a few races uh, the same weekend, uh, it was April 8th and April 9th, we ran Fort Benning in the morning, came back to run Savage, Georgia, spring in the afternoon, went to do a few hours at the Miles for Maria, and then we ended up in, or at the Charlotte Sprint on Sunday. That's so insane. we did four races, it was about 31 and a half miles, but the craziest thing was, I'm hanging upside down at on the top of Colossus, my legs are on the platform, but the rest of my body is <laughs> hanging upside down, holding onto the rope, and I've got five people trying to pull me up. <laughs> What's even crazier is the fact that that was my second attempt. I was so close on my first, I just didn't realize I was at the top and lost my grip and slid down. <laughs> so there, there are actually pictures and video of me hanging upside down on Colossus sled from last year. <laughs> So, that's one of the uh, one of the many crazy things. Oh, I've funny. actually been led by a deaf guy, or guided by a deaf guy at a race. How did that work? Uh, well, he, a great friend. Um, I have to give a shout out to McBeast. Um, just decided it was a local race called Utter Mud Run, and I thought it would be a great way to just you know promote adaptive athletes. Um, of course, safety was important, so Joey plus a few others were with us, and we had a great time. Oh, I bet that sounds like fun, man. So, you know, it, it, I, I had to understand that I was dealing with, or my guide was just over five feet tall, so uh, <laughs> I had to adjust to that. But, you know, he was a great guide. You were and, probably having to crouch down to hold his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that bad, but still. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but he, he did a great job with helping me with the uh, monkey bars. Oh, cool. So. Well, Pete, man, I'm all out of questions, man. Is there a way for people to, uh, you know, if you want to, what is your uh, Facebook and Instagrams, if you got that for people to follow? Well, uh, we're trying to work on the Blind Pete Adaptive Athlete Facebook page. Uh, that's the main one that I have access to. Uh, a lot of adapt or a lot of technology is, doesn't work with my adaptive, 
but that would be the best place okay. know, just to keep updated with all the crazy things um, that I'm getting my guy Joey into. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all the great people that, you know, are just part of this, you know, the whole community. Right. Now, those those no excuses shirts that I, I see a lot of people have, is that something that y'all are selling or? Yeah, actually, uh, the Team Blind Pete No Excuses t-shirts, uh, I'll certainly put a word out to Joey if anyone's interested. Uh, if you want to go or contact, contact him directly um, on Facebook or uh, through Messenger, uh, that would be a good place. But, um, you know, I, I greatly appreciate it. It goes towards, you know, helping us get to races as far as travel and lodging. And believe me, it's definitely appreciated. And the shirt's really cool looking, too. Really? Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's and if y'all want to contact uh, Joey about that, it's Joey McGlamory. Am I saying that right, Pete? Yes. Okay, and if you see if you see uh, Blind Pete's Facebook page, you'll see pictures of Joey on there too. They're most of the OCR pictures; they're always together. Um, man, I'm gonna have to talk to Joey now that I've talked to you because Joey sounds like a cool guy to interview. Also, oh yes, definitely, definitely. Well, cool, Pete. Well, man, like I said, I'm all out of questions, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much, Scott. Man, and next time I see you to race, man, I want to get a picture. Oh, absolutely. I have to do a blind Pete selfie with you. Yeah, man, I see all those all the time, <laughs> man. They're good. They're real good. Now you have Jerry and Rich to thank for. He created that uh, a few years ago. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of all of this. So, Hey, man, we're happy you are a part of all this. Thank you. Well, all right, Pete. Well, we'll talk to you later, man. Thanks again for talking to us. All right. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Pete again for taking the time to talk to us. I'll be in Charlotte this weekend. If you want to come up to me and say, what's up? That's cool. Tell me how much you like the show. Tell me how much you hate the show. It don't matter. Uh, Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Leave a review on iTunes if you want to. We'll see you at the next race. Peace.